Um, now four or five days later, completely paralyzed, um, with no movement from my C2 vertebrae, um, all the way down. So that part was pretty scary, obviously. Welcome back to another episode of Champion School. Champion School, we're sitting down with some of the brightest minds of the game, chatting a little life, chatting a little sports. My name's Ray McIntyre. That is Austin Byler, BZB. BZB, how are you? Good. Let's go, baby. It's uh, the middle of April. It is firing. We are, we are rolling. I'm getting ready to go up to Northern California here this weekend with Coach Ray over there, and we're excited for a great weekend. So things are going well, man. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Things are checking along with Project Sandlot. Got a whole lot coming on that end uh, in terms of like a revamp on the website and a game that's going to be coming out soon, which they're excited for. Uh, we are both getting a bunch of gear in, uh, hopefully in the next couple of days, which is really, really cool. So you'll be seeing us sport some new stuff, um, but all that is good. Things are good here. I'm glad I had a little bit of a break, honestly, not going to lie. Uh, a little <laughs> yeah. bit of a breather from uh, how many podcasts we've been putting it out. But again, we're going to be back on this train uh, rolling for another probably three months and then breather again. Uh, keep the cycle going. So uh, let's dive into uh, college baseball whip around. I just want to have a, a couple updates since the last time we talked and uh, we'll get into MLB next time. Kind of, kind of recap where we're all at on that, <laughs> uh, which is kind of funny to see, but uh, in college baseball, Tennessee is still 33 and three. They are rolling. Uh, Tony Vitello got kicked out of a game uh, the other day. I don't know. Did you see the video? Yeah, I saw the video. Yeah. <laughs> not, not a great look for the sport, but uh what he ended up doing, he uh, he got chucked for a uh, borderline call, whatever, um, and he bumped the umpire uh, pretty forcibly when that had happened. And that umpire was actually a Pac-12 umpire back when I was coaching uh, or over at Arizona. <laughs> uh, so I knew who it was, but he bumps him. He's run out. I mean, it just didn't look good. So uh, keep your cool. Obviously, there's a lot of pressure in the SEC and, and coaching in general, but keep your cool. Definitely don't bump your umpires. Uh, and if you're a 12-year-old, you know, 12-year coach out there, uh, definitely don't bump umpires of that age because it doesn't matter. So um, number four, Arkansas swept LSU this weekend. Dude, they have so many arms. It's ridiculous um, watching that team roll. Uh, LSU is a really, really strong team, but Arkansas just got the better of them. They're playing at Arkansas. Uh, which is like a $23 million stadium. Who, who knew? Um, <laughs> and then uh, Southern Miss jumped, jumped up to number six. They're 27 and eight as a mid-major, uh, a mid-major that's always making waves. So shout out to them. Oregon slipped in there. I don't, uh, they're playing better. Uh, I'm still not buying the hype on Oregon. They're ranked 20 by D1 baseball right now, 24 and 11. Uh, and then Georgia Southern snuck in there at number 25, 24 and 11. Uh, the message overall, I think, with college baseball, winning's hard. You have some of the best teams in the country uh, facing off in the SEC, but, I mean, really across the country, teams are better. Uh, and so finding ways to win and win consistently. I mean, 33-3 is absurd, but if you're looking down the order, there's a majority of that top 25 that is only winning two-thirds of their games. So yeah. um, find a way to do that. Find a way to win that third game on a weekend, and I think you look up at the end of the year and um, – yeah, pretty good. So any, any notes from you, uh, college baseball, you've been watching a little bit or you've been crazy busy too. 
They're busy. We're watching a little bit. We we get some of the SEC network sometimes, so I got to see a little Vanderbilt, and uh, I think Florida was who mm-hmm. was playing the other day, and uh, it was some some pretty good games. I mean, just seeing the arms in some of these teams. I mean, SEC is just a little different. Everybody's running mid nines out there. It seems like uh, day after day after day. So uh, pretty cool to watch. The, the thing that sticks out to me though with college baseball is two things, and we talked a lot about them with Coach Jay was one run games, winning those one run games, and then taking series each week. Like if you just win each series, even if it's just two out of three, you put yourself in a really good position to get to where you want to be in the playoff time, you know, come postseason. So I think that's a key thing. It's like, how can you win those Sunday games? And more importantly, how can you win those Tuesday games that can go either way? And it's a really easy game to take off from an athlete standpoint. You play a different team, sometimes better, usually worse. And it's a, it's a day that you can easily just kind of look over because it's travel day and those types of things. So taking care of business midweek is huge. It sets you up for success on the weekend. If you can go three and one every week, it's a pretty good season right there. Yeah. Uh, but you're right, dude. The motto remains the same. College baseball is hard. Winning is hard in any sport that you play. And uh, finding a bunch of athletes that can compete together, right, it's tough to do, especially consistently. So uh, it's a good time of year, though, man. We're getting out of the crunch time. We're getting close to the uh, conference tournaments here coming up soon in the next eh, three weeks to a month or so. And then right into the postseason, baby, the best time of year. Postseason. And, and speaking of postseason, uh, Antonio Garcia is on our podcast today. We recorded this interview a month, month and a half ago, a while back, right? Like Kansas was just getting into the, uh, the tournament for the college basketball March madness. Uh, and he does call his shot. I got to give him props. He called his (laughs) shot and, uh, they rolled it out. Antonio's story is insane. So like, we'll dive into that more, but make sure you stick around for that. Got to give the guy props because he did nail the prediction. Um, for that, let's dive into good news of the week. Good news of the week. I have two for us today. A um, couple things. I, I don't know if you, well, I guess you don't probably because I'm in California. I, I think, is, is the Powerball different in California than it is oh, or is Powerball across the country? I'm not sure. What's the know. difference between Powerball and lottery? Or is it the exact same thing? <laughs> it's the same <laughs> thing, my guy. Well, I don't okay. bet. I don't know. I'm All good. Sure. Either way, it's uh, the, the Powerball, I think it's national. Uh, the Powerball is up to like $300 million. Um, and so it kind of ramps up every once in a while. It gets really big. Uh, the Europe has one as well. It's the Euro ball or Euro million, whatever. Either way, dude wins $200 million euros on the, uh, the lottery out there in France. Immediately donates almost all of it to a fund that he or a foundation that he starts to help save the earth, basically, uh, out in his small island. So, like, he's only played the lottery to win it just to start his own foundation. And it's like, how crazy is that? Like, that's the type of guy that wins those things. And, um, I don't know. I was pumped for him. Uh, crazy to see too. I mean, every, everyone's starting to get a little more eco-conscious with, you know, electric vehicles and things like that. But like to see a guy, I mean, it's hard to, hard to make money out here in general, but to, to give it all back to something that he's passionate about, that's what it's about. Uh, awesome. Number two, and I, this is, I'm going to, I wanted to get your input on this one. Belgium approves four day work week and gives employees the right to ignore their bosses after work. So, so they don't have to work five days a week. They're only supposed to work four days a week now, or they can work five if they want, but only four. And any texts or anything off after work hours, 
uh, can't be held over their heads if they don't respond by their bosses per government. What do you got? <laughs> yeah, do you want the real or do you want? Yeah, the... let's hear it. Let's I hear mean, it. dude, people I'm... want the honest truth. The 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 world has become lazier and lazier and lazier. I mean, I, I like the idea of a three day weekend if I'm lazy and want to just cash it in, but come on, dude, why four day? I mean, I get it. I, I kind of understand it. But then again, like, what are you going to do on those three days? You know, like most people don't even know what to do with two days. So, I mean, it should be more Netflix and binging and those things. So I don't know. Hopefully they use it for good. I understand the meaning behind it. Do I think it's, it's beneficial? Not really. I think it produces a lazier world, but also it could be happier because people are only working four days instead of five days. So maybe that's the, what they stated, right? They maybe, said it was increase in happiness and work productivity on during those four days versus cramming a, a and in America it's a half day Friday generally, anyways. Like yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I I I can see if you're if you are crushing those four days. True. I th- I think it'd be. I I see value. Well, and here's the, the, that's a a really good point because yes, does it look like it could be laser, but it also could be more productive for people because then they know I only got four days to dive into whatever I have. I got to get it done. There's less wasted time. Cause how many times, I mean, I hear it from my dad and from other people, like Fridays can sometimes be really busy. And sometimes it's like, I shouldn't even showed up, but there's nothing to do. So uh, I think in that case too, like let's maximize those first four, boom, you reward yourself with three. And it gives people more time to travel and those types of things. So those are all really good benefits. So I'm, I'm kind of in between. I'm like in the middle of the line. Like I see the benefits. I also see the detriments, but I'm also biased in a way with it. So I don't know. I mean, yeah. if it makes people happier, go for it. I don't know if it's a detriment though, if everyone does it, right? I mean, is so here's my next question. That's like, what happens if you own your own business? You can do your thing. Yeah, I mean, there there is no law disallowing it. But the, your companies can no longer make you work five days a week. I like the idea of they can't hold a text over your head. Mm-hmm. Although there are some things that might be urgent, just going back to even when, when I was working there. So there, there are some things, but I, I do like that because then you're not worried about work text. Because I think one of the big things is people take time off, but they're really not off because they're worried about their work or they're worried about like, getting back to people or checking emails and those things. And that's real. It's kind of like a phobia, especially when we have apps on our phone that make it really easy to do. So I like that aspect of, Hey, dude, just totally check out. You don't have to worry about anything that you get from your boss or from anybody of your, your colleagues, just go, whatever you need to do in those three days, do them. And then on Monday, right back at it. So that piece, I really like that piece. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll experiment with it. <laughs> no, we'll playing. see how it goes. Okay. Yeah, I'm on like complete opposite end of the spectrum, unfortunately. Yeah, it's like it's seven days a week sometimes. It's grinder. Um, anyways, <laughs> uh, let's dive into. Uh, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna jump right into the interview with Antonio. Uh, Antonio Garcia again. He is. Uh, what is his position with Kansas officially? Do we know? Uh, I believe volley. I believe volley. I know GA. 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 GA volley. It's uh, to me. It's the same thing. He, he also coached, coached the, uh, the Pios, right? And Western Nebraska, I believe. Uh, shout out to Chuck Myra. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they, so he's a great coach. He's a young coach, up and coming. But his story and like the trials that he's already been through, it's incredible how upbeat and positive this dude is every mm. time you see him. And some could say, you know, what he went through helped him be this way. And I think he even mentions that. But um, I don't want to spoil it. I hope you enjoy this story. It's insane. Uh, And we are so glad that he sat down with us today. 
Antonio Garcia. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of Champion School. I am Austin Bother. We got Ray Mack down here. He's choking on his coffee, Ray. Okay, oh, fill us in. What happened? Start. What happened Sorry. on the start? We're not editing this out. What happened? Uh, yeah, I just was so excited about this delicious coffee I had going that I threw it back way too hard for the start of the show. So uh, <laughs> excited to be here, though. <laughs> hey, shout out Ray Mack. Usually Ray introduces us, uh, so it kind of goes back and forth, but Speaking of coffee, I got my coffee. Coffee bean, usually an automatic hitter, but today a little flat. I got I got to call him out. I got to call him out on the live, live show. <laughs> but more importantly, let's get to our guest, Antonio Garcia. Amazing young man, man. We met him out uh, this last summer in Casper, Wyoming at the, uh, what was it then? Expedition League All-Star Game. Uh, now transferring into the Independence League. He's a grad assistant at University of Kansas and then the head coach at the Western Nebraska Pioneers with our good friends, Chuck and Myra. Amazing. So we're super excited to see you guys out there this summer in the newly founded Independence League uh, out there in kind of like the Plains and everything like that up north so looking forward to it antonio how are you doing man good how are you guys it's good to be here finally uh finally got this set up i know we've been trying to do it for a while so i'm excited that we can you know get on here yeah man we're fired up to have you on excited to share your story man i know um crazy week for you you're at wichita yesterday when we were recording this and then uh now in Stillwater this weekend so a big series this weekend how's the team feeling fill us in man how's the team doing how's the team feeling what are you guys looking forward to this weekend yeah, you know, we're kind of just going through everyone, every team's ups and downs right now, trying to figure it out, trying to find ourselves, you know, as a team. Um, we've started getting a lot better with the bats. Um, so we just got to kind of put it all together before conference starts. I know um, no one in our conference is going to feel bad for us. So we got to come in, you know, ready to go. Uh, Oklahoma State's obviously top 10 team in the country. Uh, coming into a pretty much new ballpark should be sold out on Friday night. Should be a fun time for the guys. Um, hopefully that gets them going um, and we can put a couple together and, you know, walk out of here with a series win. So awesome, man. It's got to be cool to play in all these really awesome ballparks. And obviously your conference is extremely talented, a lot of really good teams and, and talent across the board and a lot of future draft picks and big leaguers, right. And then that conference right now. So um, we're stoked, man, but let's dive into a little bit of your story, man. You got an incredible story. Uh, when I first heard about it and found out about it, I was blown away. Watch the video on YouTube. It's incredible. We'll plug that in here as well for people to go and look at it um, and just to get some more awareness on it. But um, I want to hear it from the horse's mouth man I, I want you to share your whole story kind of your playing days getting into baseball then your time at Kansas and now obviously coaching wise and then the adversity and the things that you've faced in your life man and how it shaped you but um, I'll let you take the floor on this man because it's so inspiring it, it got me juiced up for a long time uh, but Antonio we'd love for you to share your story man yeah for sure so I started playing baseball kind of like most people at a young age um, I started playing little league travel ball like the whole nine um, but I was also super into football. So when I kind of made a decision for high school, um, both baseball programs were obviously uh, top programs in the area. Um, but I'd made my decision on where to go to high school based on uh, the football program. So I ended up at Bellarmine College Prep um, in San Jose, California, uh, West Catholic Athletic League. I don't know if you're familiar, oh, yeah. but it's one of the one of the better leagues to play with in the country. Um, had a really good freshman year. Um, football and baseball wise sophomore year got called to varsity for baseball which was big in that league because you know it's pretty pretty damn talented um, 
my first week of conference, I think I faced uh, John Gavin and Chris Bubich back to back days and uh, got humbled pretty quick. I don't know if I've ever really, sh- <laughs> like, like most kids growing up, like, um, I was a dude and, you know, I'd never really been humbled like that before. Um, but my sophomore year got humbled, didn't have the best year, but had a good time, you know, learned a lot. Obviously, it was going to prepare me for my junior year. Um, had a really good junior year. Uh, fall of 2015, we won the NorCal, cha- the NorCal Championship in football. Uh, beat a Folsom team that had won like 53 games in a row. A couple weeks before that, I took an official visit out to University of Kansas, met Coach Price and committed. Um, so I was playing the rest of the football season, committed. Um, started my senior year baseball season, committed. and knew, you know, I had to come out hot. You know, a lot of eyes were going to be on me. Um, there was a lot of like people talking bad. Like I was this kid committed to Kansas. Like he's not good enough, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, I really need to go out and make a statement. Um, I actually just got a notification because like the six year anniversary of, you know, when I got sick um, is on Saturday. So, and I was the North, I was the NorCal player of the week, um, the week leading up to it. So I played 10 games my senior year. Um, I was hitting 519 with nine doubles, three homers, and I was seven for eight on stolen bases. Um, and then, yeah, then the morning of March 26, 2016, kind of, you know, changed my life. Um, woke up fine, went out to the field for our alumni baseball game, um, shooting, just talking shop with all the alumni. Um, go out there for the first inning my neck, you know, it's just not feeling right. Uh, I don't know. I got field ground ball throw it to first. I was like, nah, this is it. This doesn't feel good. So I tell our coach Nate Sutton that I was like, I'm not going to hit. Like it's the alumni game. Like my neck is killing me. Like there's no point. He's like, yeah, no, no worries. Um, so I called my dad and I was like, dad, my neck hurts so bad. Like, can you bring me like a peanut butter sandwich and some Advil? Cause like it is killing me. I was trying to roll it out the field. Nothing, nothing was really going on. Um, and then the pain like started getting like close to 10 out of 10. Like I was almost in tears. Um, so my dad took me home from the alumni game, just, you know, not thinking anything of it at the time. Um, called my doctor. They did some meningitis was a thing at the time. Like people in college at Santa Clara university were getting it. So uh, they did, my dad did some at home tests to see if that was it and it wasn't. Um, and then I started getting sick probably from the Advil on the empty stomach. So I was just home in bed. Um, yeah, I was just home in bed thinking I kind of had some kind of flu and some kind of bug. Um, and then as the day went on, I still was getting really sick. I was throwing up, uh, not having a good time. Um, I was kind of, I kind of fell asleep on the bathroom floor, like from, cause that's where I was staying to throw up. And I get a text from my buddy Garrett. Who's like, uh, what do you say? He was like, whatever he said, but my phone was kind of up on a shelf and I went to reach for it and I was like, oh man, my arm doesn't really move that well. Like, I don't know. Um, and then my dad, uh, the Kansas, Kansas playing Villanova in uh, the Elite Eight uh, that year. And obviously I was committed there. So I was a huge KU basketball fan, like, watched all the games. So my dad was like, like get, get off the bathroom floor we'll, we'll go watch the game and I was like dad I can't really like get up very good so he kind of helps me to the couch um we sit and we watch the game and over the course of the game I kind of start losing feeling in like my entire body from my neck down 
And right when the game ended and we lost, um, I like tried to roll myself over. Like, I kept trying to move to see if I could jolt something back and I fell off the couch. And my dad was like, come on, buddy, like get back on the couch, right? And I was like, dad, I can't move. So he picks me back up on the couch and about 10 minutes later, I told him, I was like, dad, I can't catch, I can't really breathe. Like I can't catch a full breath. And that was kind of when he decided like that it was time to like do something about it. So um, he called my, my mom wasn't home. He called my mom. He was like, you need to get home now. Cause I had sibling, young siblings at home and I need to take him to the ER. So then she gets home uh, kind of chaos, but uh, I, uh, he, he was like, all right, let's go. We're going to the ER. I was like, I can't move. Like, I can't walk. I can't move. So he grabs me around my waist and fireman drags me off the couch, like into the car. So like feet dragging on cement, feet dragging on the floor. Like couldn't feel it. Couldn't feel a thing. Um, I get to the ER, good Sam. And uh, all the tests, all the, all the needles, all the tests, all the whatever. And um one of the nurse comes in. Uh, this is when I knew that there was like something really wrong. Um, the nurse comes in. I don't know if this is PG. Puts a catheter in, um, and he looks up at me. He he looks up at me and was like, "You didn't feel that?" And I was like, "No." Oh my! And he was like, and I was like, oh, "No!" Like the nurse shouldn't be like giving me that face. But obviously now, like I know, like yeah, it probably should have hurt, should have been uncomfortable. And that's like kind of when it snapped for me that I was like, this isn't, this isn't going to be a, this isn't going to be a short night. Like I, I got something in store. Um, and then I hear the doctor a couple of minutes later, the doctor is talking to my mom outside of the room. And she said, we have no idea what's wrong with him, um, but it's not good. So we're going to ship him up to Lucille Packard, the children's hospital at Stanford. Um, so I got in an ambulance and I go up to Stanford um, they put me in for an MRI. Um, I completely stopped breathing. They pull me out, um, try again when they get me to breathe again. And then I stopped breathing again. So they pull me out and, um, uh, the doctor was like, we need to innovate you. Um, you keep, we need the MRI and you can't stop breathing in the MRI. So we're we need to innovate you. Uh, we're going to put you on Versed. It's this pretty powerful drug. Um, you're not going to remember the next couple of days, but I don't think you will. You're, I don't think you're going to want to. Um, and I just remember started, I was freaking out. I was bawling. Um, and then, yeah, I got intubated. They threw me back in and I kind of woke up five or six days later. Um, now four or five days later, completely paralyzed. Um, with no movement from my C2 vertebrae um, all the way down. So that part was pretty scary, obviously. Um, and then the doctors at Stanford didn't know what it was. And they actually still can't tell me to this day, like what exactly happened. And it wasn't like I was at some Joe Schmo hospital in the middle of nowhere, like as the best children's hospital in the world. And they're yeah. still running tests and doing stuff and they can't, you know, tell me exactly what happened. Um, so I, so at Stanford for, uh, I was, uh, completely paralyzed for about eight days. Um, once they got, cause at first they thought it was a stroke. And then once they kind of figured out that it was some sort of infection in my spinal cord, um, whatever medicines they were giving me then, 
um, I slowly started getting movement in my left side back and then the right. So after like 15 days, I could kind of, you know, move um, all my parts. And I just remember initially waking up and like your brain tells you to like, you know, grab, grab that water and drink it. Like I, I, I was just like, move your, like move your hand and just nothing. And obviously being an athlete, like, I mean, it was terrible. And then it, I spent, uh, I think it was 24 days in the pediatric ICU at Stanford um, and then got moved over to the spinal rehabilitation center in San Jose. Um, stayed there for maybe, maybe two weeks and then did a lot of outpatient stuff there. Um, as I, I mean, I was a committed division one baseball player with schools that were talking to me to play football and, I had to learn how to walk, talk, brush my teeth, uh, put my own clothes on, go to the bathroom. Um, so it was pretty surreal. And obviously, we um, wouldn't wish that on anyone. Um, it was a crazy experience. Um, my family was obviously so important to me. Um, my siblings kind of had to, you know, live their lives for a month and a half or two months without really parents because my parents, you know, were so caught up with me. So they were really strong. And it was impressive to see um, that they were able to, you know, make it out on top through all that. Um, so back to the spinal rehab, um, I met some incredible people in there um, with more severe injuries than me. And it was, I was 17, so I was in the PICU. So like I was talking to a lot of kids who had these terrible accidents. Um, there was a 13-year-old 12, 12, uh, kid in there who really liked me like we talked a lot we shared a room for a night or two um, and he was playing football playing football or something with his buddies uh, hit his neck wrong and he'll never walk again um, and it was sad to see because like his parents weren't around a lot and like he was kind of he'd been there for a while and he was kind of on his own at 13 and like I connected with him and I I mean I felt bad for the kid but like that's just one story uh another story a kid was mountain biking with his dad flipped over the handlebars never is gonna we'll never walk again oh. um it just the perspective that i gained on life after this whole experience was crazy like i it, it's hard to explain really it's just what it's done for me is incredible and um once i got out of the hospital i was still in a wheelchair as i kind of learned how to walk again. Um, went back to school just because I wanted to, you know, regain some sense of normalcy and um, graduated from Bellarmine. Coach Price honored my scholarship for my freshman year um, just because he wanted to see me try and get healthy. Um, and I don't, I honestly don't know a single coach in the country that would have been like, yeah, you can, you can come and we're going to try and get you to recover and, that was the best thing for me because I had workouts every day. I had like school, like I was on a schedule, like there was no way. And I was motivated to get back to where I was. So like there was no road that I could have taken that would have led me, um, led me wrong. Like I, like with what happened, like, yeah, sure. I could have totally, you know, checked out and been mad at the world and kind of given up on everything that I'd worked for. But, um, Coach Price let me come in. Without Coach Price, like I would not be where I am today. Like he was one of the best men that I've ever met. Um, 
but yeah, so I got to KU, obviously wasn't ready. Um, just trained, rehabbed and tried to, you know, get better. Came back home after my freshman year, went back for my sophomore year, was doing a lot better. Um, I actually played in the fall, hit like 230, still couldn't run very well. That was like the biggest thing for me. Like the swing came back. It was just like some of the quick twitch and my running ability never really came back. So after my sophomore, after the entire, I med read both years. So after my sophomore year, I kind of, Coach Price kind of sat me down and was like, and I knew, I, I knew this conversation was coming. I just didn't know what it was going to lead to. And he kind of asked me if, he was like, if you want to stay on as an undergraduate assistant, if you want to get into coaching, um, we'd love to have you stay and you can travel with the team and you can be with us and you can learn and do everything um, that you've been doing. And I jumped on, I was like, yes, hundred percent. Like I'll hang up the spikes. I think I want to get into coaching. Um, so that kind of jump started my coaching career uh, from a pretty young age. And I was working with some pretty talented athletes and learning from some of the best coaches in the country from my sophomore year of college till now. Um, and I wouldn't trade it. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I, my experiences kind of led me to this. And, um, oh, I'll talk about gearing later. But, um, yeah, so this is where I'm at now and healthy as can be, in my opinion. Um, the doctors, I don't take any medicine anymore. Um, I don't know if you can see it. I got it. The only thing kind of lingering, I have super severe sleep apnea, so I sleep with a machine. But. Uh, I'll trade that for the, for my legs back any day. Oh, so any day. Wow. Um, so that's, that's, yeah, that's kind of it. I don't know if I missed anything. No, it's an incredible story, man. And, and, and I just go into, I put myself back in those days and high level athlete, extremely competitive conference up there in San Jose. We all know Ray being up and from the Bay area too, like how, how incredibly talented that area is with athletes and um, for you knowing only sports your whole life, right. And know, and that kind of being our identity as athletes and then having the division one scholarship going to a school like Kansas, right. You're going to an incredible environment. And then all of a sudden one day just done. Right. It wasn't even anybody's fault. It's just out of nowhere. Right. Take us through something that you mentioned, the perspective, right. The perspective on life. That's so key. It's so powerful. Big believer in our story, shape our perspectives. And that's something for you that that has easily shaped your perspective for the rest of your life. But take us through that moment where you had to relearn how to walk, talk, communicate, move your limbs. Right. Just be able to function again. I mean, you went from extremely high level competitor, right? Like one of the best in the whole state of California to now you can't even walk, move anything. And then all of a sudden, two years later, you're playing in the fall at a division one college. That's pretty good. Right. Uh, take us through that process. Like what, what was the, like that mentality through that process? Like what were some of the challenges for you? Like just walk us through that whole, whole process of relearning how to walk again. Yeah, it, it was, uh, I think frustrating is a really good word. And I, I was obviously mm -hmm super angry at the time with just everything. Um, and I feel bad because I took it out on most of my nurses. Like hmm. when I was at Stanford and we're, I was just starting to move again. Uh, I remember this, like it was yesterday. My, uh, my nurse comes in. I forget what the nurse is called that like helps you do stuff. But, um, and she's like, all right, we're going to play with blocks today. I was like, I'm 17 years old. I'm a <laughs> division one athlete. And like, I swear to God, I was like, I'm not effing playing with blocks and like kind of like hit them all off the table. And I was just so frustrated. And then same kind of thing when I started walking again, like uh, just like from 
being able to stand up on my own to walking like in a tunnel with bars to walking with a walker to walking with a cane. I mean, it was just so frustrating. Like I ran a four, six 40 and like a six, eight 60, like, and now I can't even walk. Like it it is frustrating, like so frustrating, but I kind of got to the point where every checkpoint was a blessing to where like I could stand like that made me extremely happy. I can walk. I was like, oh, I'm happy. I, or I can walk with a walker. That's awesome. That took a while. A uh, week later, I'm walking with a cane. I was like, all right, this is sweet. Got my pimp cane going to prom. I went to prom <laughs> with, with a cane. With a, my uncle bought me like a pimp cane. It was sweet. That's awesome. Um, and then when I started being able to walk on my own, um, it was awesome. And like I was taking medicine, like I couldn't, the, a big reason I couldn't walk was I kept passing out. And I would kept, keep pushing it and pushing it. So they wouldn't let me leave the hospital because I would be like, I want to walk today. So I got to be walking circles and just pass out. I had to wear these socks. And um, even I'd stand up to go to the bathroom. I, I, I went to prom in a wheelchair and I was standing up. I was like, I can go to the bathroom by myself. Standing up, going to the bathroom. And I passed out and hit my head like on the side. And my buddy like was in there with me. He was like, like, why wouldn't you sit down? Like, just like, I, I tried to push all the limits and because I was, you know, so frustrated and trying to make as quick a progress as I could. Cause at the time I still thought that I was going to be able to get back to being a division one athlete. Um, and it just wasn't really in the cards, but every step of the way from, you know, being able to move my left hand to walking to running um, each step kind of made me feel you know, a lot better in my situation. Um, and just the perspective, like you said, perspective on life, like you'll like, you'll notice now, like we'll get, we'll be, be around each other a lot more. Like none of the little stuff bothers me anymore. Like I really stress free. Um, not like, cause it, none of it really matters. Like it just, mm-hmm. the bigger picture is so much more important to me and family and, just not not a lot of stuff's gonna bother me or get to me because I know that there's a lot. It could be a lot worse. Like I don't know how much worse it could get for me, um, but there's a lot worse. Like, and I, I mean, I think my like you said, I, my story, you know, molded my perspective. But um, it could always it could always be worse. So I always take every day with a smile on my face and, you know, keep pushing forward. It's incredible, man. I just love the perspective that it shaped you with. And then, um, like you said, Hey, the little things don't even matter anymore. It's like, look, there's way bigger things in this world that people are struggling with. Just that person who cut me off or the person who didn't hold the door for me, right. The little things that we usually get upset or ticked off about, they don't really matter that much. Um, Ray, I'll kick it off to you in a second, but, um, one last thing for you, Antonio is, is when you're going in there and thinking about these, these experiences that you've been through, right. You said something that just like hit me in the face. You said every checkpoint, is a blessing. And I think that can go from your rehab and how you're getting yourself back to normal or as good as normal as you can. And then even in life, like all the checkpoints that we hit, I mean, coaching wise, right. There's okay. GA, you move up, you keep moving up. You got a head coaching job, right. And in the, in the summer leagues, like you're always kind of moving up the ladder per se. Um, How important is it to keep that perspective of these checkpoints or blessings instead of trying to just get to the top right away and like skip the whole journey. Cause you've been on an incredible journey. 
and your journey is going to be different. And I think when you face adversity, you're more well-equipped than most people to handle that because of your story, which is amazing. But how important is like those little checkpoints in life as blessings for you, those small things? Yeah, I think totally. Like you said, like in the coaching world, like obviously there's steps you got to take in. Like I'm not, you know, planning this. I'm not going to be mad if I'm not the head coach at Vanderbilt next fall. Like <laughs> yeah. I know that there's steps that I'm going to have to take along the road and each job that I get in each spot, you know, is going to be a blessing. Like same thing is it could be very easily compared to like standing, walking, running hmm. GA. I want to get a volunteer job at a division one and, you know, move up from there. Um, and every checkpoint is going to be a blessing. And I'm excited to, you know, stay on that journey for as long as it, you know, will let me. Um, and just keep going from there. I love that. So good. Ray Mack, I'll kick it off to you. Yeah. Did you say you were coming for coach Corbin's job? Is that what you <laughs> Is this the hot take <laughs> of the day right here? We've had some good hot uh, takes. Whoa, <laughs> this is a headline there. No, um, yeah, I'm not. No, I'm not. But if he wants to give me a volunteer job, we can talk. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Plant the seed there. For hey, that's the, uh, that's the title of this thing. We'll get plenty of views on that one. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, Antonio for you and your, your, teaching a lot of young men that have their own issues and things going on and wouldn't say issues, but everybody has something. Uh, what are some things you're using from your story and your journey that's helping these guys now? Like, obviously you're here, you know, the girlfriend issues, whatever, but how are you relating back to these guys now that you've already been through so much yourself? Uh, I think a good example or a good, I'm going to pull from summer ball. Um, you get halfway through a summer ball season and, like a lot of guys are like, Oh, poor me. Like I hate playing summer ball. Like I want to go home and be with my friends. It's like, are you serious? <laughs> like you get to come to the field every day and play baseball. Like does I don't know how it gets better than that. And like, you need to take advantage of every day that you get. I know everyone always says like play every play, like it's your last. Cause it could be. Um, and I had that play. Right. So like, I don't feel bad for you that you want to go home. Like you are so lucky and blessed to be able to come to the baseball field every day with some of your best friends and play baseball. Like you, you have, you God gifted you with these abilities that you get to play college baseball and you just get to come out in the summer and play baseball. Like it's not that bad, but so something that I take is like, you got to take advantage of every opportunity and every game that you get to play. Cause you really, you never know how many more games you're going to, you're going to get to play, whether it stops tomorrow or 20 years down the road when you're in the bigs, when you retire, every, every, every guy has a last day and you need to take advantage of all of them. Um, and I think it's like, just, uh, I don't, I don't see it as much in the spring, um, but in the summer, I definitely see it where like guys, you know, I don't want to be there. And it's just like, why? Like I, I would kill to go back in time and be able to play baseball every single day. Um, so that's come, kind of something that I, you know, talk to the guys about, and I think it helps. Um, I know some guys probably still look at me like, I still want to go home. Um, <laughs> yeah. But for some guys, I think it definitely helps. And, you know, I think I've reached them in that way for sure. Yeah. Is that, so do all of your players know your story? Like as KU or even summer ball last year, did they all know your story? Um, I feel like most yeah, guys at KU do um, probably a couple in the summer I don't know I don't really like I don't love yeah. talking about it all the time and like using it as an excuse so I don't I don't really know if many of them I think I talked to some of them about it but I doubt 
the majority of the team would have known. Yeah, it's just interesting, right? Because like we have, and Dean does a great job of bringing people together and teams together and sharing those types of things. But as a coach, generally, or even amongst your teammates, sometimes there's not really an opportunity to to share that or to to do that. But even hearing it from you, I feel like I'm a better person. Like my day is going to be better just, you know, having extreme perspective again. Um, my last question for you would be, in that time, there's a long stretch there. What were some things you were doing to help? I wouldn't say pass the time, but, you know, continue moving forward uh, when there was, you know, the struggles of passing out and, and trying to push yourself to, to be better and back to full strength. Uh, there really wasn't a lot, of, lot that I could do. I, I mean, I valued the time that I got to spend with my family um, a lot more because obviously I kind of missed out on that for a while. Um, same thing with my friends, you know, would hang out with them as much as I could. Um, but just spend as much time with them, my family as I could to pass the time really, um, laying on the couch, there's not a ton you could do. Um, but it was really nice that, you know, I did have my family around. I could do all those things with them again. Um, and just kind of relax and just thank God that I was still there. The doctors told my dad that the first night that uh, they had no idea if I would make it or not. So um, every day is crazy. But if you saw me throw batting practice, you would never, you would never think something like this happened to me. No, not at all. Well, with that, uh, we need a little uh, bison pios batting practice. I'll take, I'll get in the box. You can throw, Absolutely. and then we can switch if you want. But I can't promise my BP is as good as your it's BP. Not. <laughs> I got like this oh, weird hook thing, and then I kind of push it, and then I throw the nasty curveball and I strike everybody out. Okay. You can hop um, in group three. <laughs> and there we go at group three as long as that's the starters come on no, I'm <laughs> um no I, I love it man and this is this is so cool just to see how it shaped you and, and your life and i'm pulling so many little nuggets out of this just from my own life and going through everyday struggles with something like this that is so much different than anything we could ever imagine um and, and think about there's one thing that i was thinking about too during this is like what would your best advice be to somebody and it could be athlete coach parent person right because we all go through things and i know a lot of people out there in our world today are struggling with something right there's something in their life where they feel like they can't move on what would your best advice be to somebody who feels like they're at their wits end like they've hit that wall they can't move past it they feel like life's happening to them not for them and it feels like they're always being attacked or just being like dampened right they're just in this really bad mood what would your best advice be to somebody who might be going through a really big struggle or challenge or roadblock in their life right now, just from your experiences? Um, for my, like, obviously I've been at the lowest of a low and I, I don't know if I would call it advice, but it's just finding something that you really care about. Um, finding something that you can put a lot of time into. And for me, obviously that was family. Um, without them, I don't really know what road I would have ended up on. Um, their support and just like my love for them um, kind of pushed me through a lot of the stuff I was dealing with. Um, and at KU, just meeting a lot of good friends and keeping my mind busy and not being able to just be alone and let m myself feel bad for myself. Like I didn't want to feel, I never wanted to feel bad for myself um, and staying busy and finding the right vices to like deal with that stuff. Um, really helped me um, through a lot of it. 
Amazing, man. Uh, true that hey, find something you really care about, right? And that's like your kind of your why, right? Like why you do what you do and that passion that brings you, that fuels your right family. That's a big one. Um, and then Ray, I don't know if you have any other questions, but we can kick it off to the game here in a second. But I think for me, the last thing, man, other than uh getting to see the summer run, I'm excited for that. I get to spend some time with you and, and I want to learn more and, and hear more because I'm just taking so much out of this. For you, what drives you? to get to your own next level? Because we all know, hey, coaching ladder, right? It's different. There's, it's, we always hear like, hey, be where your feet are. Um, hard to do sometimes with perspective and with where you're at. And when we're competitors, we want to keep moving up the ladder and, and keep going to where we want to go. But, but what really drives you every day? I know you have an incredible story. Maybe it is the story, but what drives you to do what you do, to show up with that energy, to show up with that passion and to be the coach that you are to this point? Yeah, so the same kind of reason I got into coaching is like, I love the game more than anything it was my life like it, it was a lot of people's um but it was kind of, it was taken away from me kind of unfairly and I had a lot of great coaches along the road that kind of molded me and helped me and you know guided me to where I was uh, going to be in wax where I am now um but I just want to coach because I want to you know give kids that same feeling that I got growing up or and be able to help kids um accomplish what they want to accomplish and be a positive influence or positive role model and influence on them every day at the yards, a really good start. Um, I can't control, you know, all their decisions in the short time I get to spend with them in the summer, but um, I just want to, you know, make, make kids love the game as much as I did and stay in the game as long as I can um, because I wanted to do it for a long time as a player, obviously. But when that was taken away, I, you know, I could not, could not go on with if they're if without baseball so i'm just trying to stay in the game as long as i can um and you know give give back to the game what it gave to me mm, so good so good ray i'll kick it off to you yeah we'll, we'll jump into the game as just a quick note it's just so interesting to see when something like that happens there's there's a, a choice a point in time when everybody has the choice and um to see which way people go or why they do what they do a lot of times it goes back to the family like you'd said and i'm sure that was a huge influence in why you are where you're at like you'd already mentioned but um i don't know incredible story diving into our game for you uh this will be a quick one 10 10 things on it or off it you're gonna tell us you're on it you're about it you're off it you're against it and a quick uh one sentence as to why okay we're gonna start out with number one, Chick-fil-A. Oof. I'm off it. Oh, oh what? Hot take of the year. I'm off. That's the hot take. Why? Uh, <laughs> I just think it's I don't know. I think it's a little overrated. Um, I mean the chicken sandwich is fine. Like it's fine. Like Chick-fil-A's fine. Like I'll go there and I'll eat Chick-fil-A. We had Chick-fil-A box lunch last night. And I think one, a big reason I'm off it's because our ops guy, I mean, we have Chick-fil-A like <laughs> twice a week in a box. Yeah. So like, <laughs> the bun's a little, the bun's a little soggy. Why do they put pickles on there? Like it's just like <laughs> big. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's just and okay. you don't get fries, you get chips. So like I'm, I'm kind of off Chick-fil-A. Who's your guy's opt guy? Uh, Wally Marcial. He's an oh. absolute dude. I love that. Well, guy. tell Wally to shake it up sometimes, huh? <laughs> I mean, he switches it up a lot. He, I'm just playing. I'm just up. putting him on blast. Uh, <laughs> as a former ops guy, I get it. So, uh, Lord of the Rings. Off it. Uh, <laughs> my dad would watch it all the time. I just never got into that kind of stuff. Yeah. All good. Uh, baseball card collecting. Um, I'm on it. I know a lot of our guys on our team 
uh, when I was playing, like, got super into it. Um, we had some pretty cool collections, and now, obviously, if, I mean, I guess this is kind of, like, a different thing, but flipping baseball cards for a lot of people is, like, I mean, it's been super interesting to watch some of our teammates, like, collect and then flip their cards and, like, make a decent profit. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have the time for that, and if I had a cool card, I wouldn't want to give it away, so I don't know if I could bite <laughs> yeah. into that, but on it. I like it. Um, Call of Duty. Uh, I'm on it. I'm on it. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I was a big Fortnite guy in college, but like back in the day, Call of Duty was definitely the way to go. I remember me and my brother split screening it for hours and using the other one of, you know, screen peeking. But, the, uh, yeah, <laughs> always, dude. Always. always. Uh, number five, country music. On it, 100%. Love it. Um, me and my girlfriend are big, big country music uh, fans. Um, we bought tickets to Morgan Wallen on April 30th. Um, we've been to Thomas Rhett, Dustin Lynch, Russell Dickerson. Um, I've been, I think I've seen everyone other than Luke Combs and Morgan Wallen. That's legit. Who's your favorite artist if you had to pick one? Um, right now, like, I love Morgan Wallen's music. Um, and me and my girlfriend love, like, Russell Dickerson's a really good one for us. So I think, yeah, I mean, oh, I, I like, I love country music. So, I mean, I'm totally on, on it. <laughs> uh, summer ball bus trips. <laughs> to Casper or to Caldwell? <laughs> Dude, you got to take them all. That's it. Uh, I'm on it, man. Like, I, I just, I'm baseball rat. I love, I love being on the road and, you know, playing in someone else's, as even as a player, I love wearing the gray and playing in someone else's ballpark. Um, being on the road's fun. Bus trips didn't bother me. Uh, just love being at the front of the bus this summer here and like the guys getting along playing mafia in the back. Like it's a really good way for the guys to connect um, outside of the field. Um, 14 hours is a little long to do two trips. Two trips, two trips out of in two weeks. Um, I think if you have to switch bus drivers in the middle because they can't drive anymore, that it's too far. Um, and I've been spoiled at KU with like we fly pretty much everywhere. So, um, but I'm totally on bus trips. Um, I'll even go back there and teach you how to play mafia a little bit. So I, <laughs> yeah. I enjoy I enjoy the bus trips for sure. Lay the hammer when you need to off a dude if you have to. It is what it is. <laughs> uh, how about Disney Plus? I'm gonna go with off it just because I don't have it. Yeah, all good. Uh, how about Jeopardy? Off it. <laughs> like I, I, I mean, I, I'd watch it if it was on, but I just never really totally got into it. Yeah, all good. It, this is a little more recent. MLB's done it, banning the shift. Off it. Maybe you need to Me learn. Too. I mean, just learn how to. I mean. I don't know. I'm kind of torn. I think, like, the game is just trying to – like, I was a hitter, so I don't really care, but the game is trying to screw pitchers just as much as they can. Like, I mean, baseball is all about making adjustments, and I feel like um, good hitters can make the right adjustments to, to beat a shift, but I can also see how it will help the game a little bit. Yeah, Austin was a dead pole lefty, so he's all about banning the shift. <laughs> I'm all about it, dude. Why couldn't this have been five years ago, man? What are we doing? What are we doing? You would have still been playing? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right. A lot of four-hole base hits right there. 
Uh, last one. KU basketball winning the national championship this year. On it. <laughs> Gonzaga's a bunch of frauds. Arizona's a bunch of frauds. Oh, <laughs> that's the hard take. We got three hot takes. That is the key yeah, basketball diehard. Yeah, Coach Self, Coach Self's getting the boys right. Remy Martin's get coming in hot. Obviously, Ochai Abaji should be the clear Naismith Award winner. Um, it's a wrap. Uh, but coach, we appreciate you taking the time, man. We send you the best of luck here the rest of the spring. Your story is so impactful. I know it's going to touch plenty of our guests and, and whoever else this might reach here in the future. And we're, we're super thankful for you. Keep crushing it this spring. Best of luck going into conference play. And more importantly, take it easy on our bison this summer, man. Well, I'm excited to see you out there this summer. Maybe we'll take some BP, go grab a beer, hang out um, and kick it a little bit. But uh, we're stoked, man. Thanks for spending the time with us. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks, Tony. All right. We're back. Uh, wild, first of all. Uh, and what a great human being, you know, because I, I think the one thing we've been really fortunate with is all of our guests. And maybe that's just the type of person that says yes to things like coming on a podcast that nobody listens to. Right. <laughs> uh, but it's it's that they're just great people, you know, and, and I think we've had a lot of great guests. And Antonio is right up there with all of them. And he predicted Kansas winning the whole thing. So shout out to him. What'd you think about the story? You'd heard his story before uh, and you had met him in the past as well. But uh, what was your thoughts on the interview? Yeah. Incredible story. When I met him, I had no clue that he ever went through any of that stuff. We talked and then he sent me his uh, a video on YouTube that you guys can go check out as well. We can plug it in here too, just kind of sharing his story of his recovery and what happened and trying to get back into baseball and, and trying to play again. And just incredible, the determination and the resiliency from him and, and just his ability to never say never and to keep working hard, to keep trying to get back to his hundred percent, you know, to the most that he can be. So incredible story to very touching, very eye-opening the best part about it, you mentioned it earlier, is his perspective about his story. I think a lot of the times we go through things that can weigh us down or that like we feel like happened to us, but for him, it really happened for him. It shaped his perspective. It allowed him to see the world in a different lens. And now for him to give that back to his athletes and his coaching staff, man, he's going to be a, a really, really good coach one day. Already he's a great coach, but going to make a big impact in the game. Uh, and then I'm excited to see him with the Western Nebraska, Pi Western Nebraska pioneers with the Pios. You better watch out for them storming bison, baby. You better be careful, <laughs> Antonio, but we're coming for you. So we're friends off the field, but on the field, no, I'm kidding. Uh, great story. What about you, Ray? All coaches are in this position at one point or another, maybe not exactly uh, in his, you know, with an athlete like him and his situation, but things come up, right. And you're the baseball game and life itself is short in your terms of how long you're allowed to play, you know, competitively. Mm -hmm. So for his coach to immediately step in and go, Hey, like we want you on staff. Like it doesn't matter what's happening or, um, you know, physically how, how you are. Like we want you on staff and, and we think you're going to be a great asset. And uh, like that changed the dude's life, you know, like you, whether that coach knows it or not, uh, he changed Alex's life or Antonio's life, excuse me, um, for the better. And, and we are, uh, we need more people like that you know, in our world. So uh, big ups to the head coach at Kansas. I'm spacing his name, um, but, and all other coaches in both our circles and listening and out there in general that are, are making impacts like that. Cause it means a lot. So um, that's all I got. I think that's all we got from major league university. If you haven't yet, check out majorleagueuniversity.com. Buy loves the new updates. <laughs> the website's sick. It has a full-blown calendar. You can check it out uh, where, where we're at, <clears throat> where Austin's speaking, 
where our camps are, what Project Sandlot's happening, uh, what they're doing, including uh, a sick camp that we have scheduled in June for you guys out in Omaha, uh, and, turn, and as well as a meetup uh, and things along those lines. So majorleagueuniversity.com, projectsandlot.com, projectsandlotmint.com. If you have any feel for crypto, if you don't reach out, it's all good. We can help you out with that too. So that's all I got. I hope you guys have a blessed week. We'll see you soon. Peace.